Hello, beautiful neighborhood. I hope you all had a wonderful festive season and break over the new year. We are back a little earlier than planned, given what I'm sure wasn't quite the start to the year that most of us had envisioned. If you haven't seen on the news, our beautiful Australia is burning and the effects of the bushfires have been devastating and widespread. People have lost their lives, their loved ones, their homes, as well as millions of Australian wildlife and hectares of land have been destroyed. It's been absolutely terrifying to see things unravel, especially as we have family in affected parts of Gippsland in Victoria. If you or your loved ones have been directly impacted in any way, you have our deepest and most heartfelt sympathies at what is such a tough time for the nation. What has been uplifting, though, to see is the way that the national and now global communities have started to mobilise to offer as much support in as many ways as possible to those who are suffering. So if you ever needed a reminder of humanity and the power of coming together, then this week has definitely been it. Thank you all to everyone out there who is doing their bit in the best way they can, including all the people who bought the Seize the A quote of the day flip books when we allocated them for proceeds to go to the Red Cross. We just donated our $3,000 to the Disaster Recovery and Relief Fund and it was just such an honour. Thank you all so much for being part of this community. You'll probably have seen that we've been doing other bits and pieces with our businesses, particularly with the relief run that my dear friend Samantha Gash and husband Nick Davidson have started together. With the universe working its magic, Sam and I had actually planned an escape to Bangalore this week with our wonderful friend Lisa Messenger, who also happened to be working furiously with Food Bank Australia. And the three of us ended up, instead of a retreat, in the throes of a non-stop bushfire relief working bee. As we have been struggling against the density of information to spread despite the brevity of the formats available on social media, I thought a podcast episode would give us a bit of a longer form chance to discuss what's been happening, but also to touch on some broader important themes on new beginnings, getting started and breaking through action paralysis. You might remember that Lisa was our very first guest and Sammy joined the potty last year as well. So it was a delight to get on the mics again to bump brains with these wonderful women. Little bit of a warning, this isn't as polished as episodes usually are. You know, I like to do a lot of research and structuring, even though the conversation then, of course, flows in whatever direction it lacks. This is definitely more spontaneous than usual. And there's a bit of delirium in the air. We were very sleep deprived, but hopefully there's something useful in there for you and a few lighter giggles along the way. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. So... First of all, on the agenda, we all need an agenda. Us three crazy <laughs> brains always need an agenda on uh, dot, dot points and bullet points and what we're doing. The first thing I would love to do is catch up with you both 
on all the things that has happened since your episodes because you've both been on CZA. Lisa actually kicked off the entire podcast with episode one. And Sammy, I I think it was episode 27 or something around there. Um, But just catch us up quickly on where you're at to the present day. Then we will run through everything that you guys have been doing uh, to bring help to those who need it most at this terrible time for the nation. And then we'll move on to your plan for 2020. Ooh. Lisa, take Hi. it away. Gosh, so I'm trying to think. Can you give me a reminder? Yeah, it was uh, October 2018 mm-hmm. when Risk and Resilience had just come out. Yeah. You were still very much in the early, early stages of the kind of biggest shift you'd had in the collective story Ooh. of scaling rapidly, scaling down rapidly, responding to a lot of different signs and, um, and you know, things that were happening in your environment, letting them catch up on you, closing the print magazine and mm. writing the book in real time. Mm. So, Okay, mo- let's get you up to speed. Yeah, All right, I'm, a, I'm a lot it. has <laughs> happened. And I think one of the coolest <laughs> things that has happened is that you turned the book into <laughs> making failure the strongest foundation you could build on. But now, a year and a bit on, you've actually done that in practice. Mm. So catch us up. Okay, so going backwards to go forward. So October 2018. Okay, so to go backwards a little bit even further. So Launch Collective Hub as a print magazine in 2013, um, was in 37 countries within 18 months, had never worked in media or certainly not for magazines. And so it was this like extreme thing and I felt like I stepped into my purpose. Fast forward to April 2018, I broke everything, broke the very thing that I started, which is what we talked about on that first episode of the podcast, because my purpose hasn't changed one bit. I can say that now, like two, nearly two years on from breaking it, not one bit. It's all about igniting human potential and providing um, inspiration and education for people to live their best life and to step into that. But I needed to break everything in order to reimagine what the next best iteration of that purpose for me was and how I could step into that. And a lot of what we talked about at the time was whilst I launched a print mag and then it evolved into, you know, digital mechanisms and events, we were running often for events a week in multiple (laughs) um, states and things like that. I was like, I need to just stop and go, what is the next best version of that? And so I would say for the last 18 months, I've largely been asleep. I'm saying that with a big smile on my face because (laughs) my now fiancé, I got engaged six days ago, would say to me, "Um, hello, lady, your asleep is, you know, I've written another book since I put out Risk and Resilience, which is called (laughs) Work From Wherever. I think I've put out like 10 other print products I've been doing a number of speaking gigs, gigs and, you know, various other things. But for me, I'm like, I feel like it's been lots of amazing projects, project by project, which was incredible to do for a while, just having that fluidity. But 2020, I'm absolutely 100% ready to step into the bigger, better version of me. And that is interesting and we'll talk about that more in a moment because I think when you get very clear on that and it was um, – Christmas Eve when a lot of people were partying my fiance and I were nerding out writing our life plans for like 2020 like <laughs> what does that look other. like in terms of family <laughs> friends finances travel lifestyle health fitness um you know work and um giving back and all this stuff and what's interesting is 
we got so supremely clear on that. And I always say to people that if you get really clear on your overarching purpose and the feeling that you want to create and what you want people to get from it, and don't be attached to the specific outcome, and this Mm. is giving me shivers again, (laughs) then the universe has a way of presenting when you're ready. And we'll talk about that now. We didn't expect it in the way that it's been, but what was it? 2nd of Jan, 3rd of Jan, the three of us all at once, without knowing it, stepped into this big, bold version of ourselves and leadership and stepping up into something that we were so not prepared for, but in our own ways, we've just taken that on. And so I'm like, wow, I said I wanted something big. I said I was ready for the next iteration of my purpose. And I'm like, far up, here it is. It's so funny so, though, once you do find that purpose, it really doesn't matter what the manifestation is. No. I think we get so attached to like one way that something looks or one structure or one one iteration without even realizing it is an iteration, without realizing that it is it is such a fluid thing. Once your, mm. your purpose is the constant, the everything else can, is the fluid. Yeah, the how yeah. can evolve. Exactly. The why remains constant, the how evolves. And I think so many people get so stuck to a a specific outcome or trying to control that specific thing and I've certainly had circumstances of that over the last 18 months thinking I'm not stepping up big enough I'm trying to do this I'm trying to make this happen and as soon as I just again felt into mm. my purpose the how is um evolving <laughs> in and, very and mysterious so, ways and so peripheral really to the actual purpose piece I think we spend yeah. way too much on the the how uh, so much effort and time and planning when it's like you're actually just detracting from the bit that will make you feel really fulfilled and aligned mm-hmm. and on purpose, which is what you always say. Mm-hmm. So Sammy, just quickly before we dash back into the bushfire efforts um, and all the crazy amazing things that you two have been doing, can you catch us up on what you've been doing since your episode, which I can't even remember when we did. I think it was the middle of last year. Mm. You've since gotten married. Which is very exciting. Yes. (laughs) Done the hardest race in the world, which I didn't think there was anything left really for you to conquer in the natural landscape and uh, many other incredible, incredible things. So catch us up. Yeah, I'm actually just so reflective on what the two of you have just shared that it, it, which has kind of been a bit of a theme of the past (laughs) couple of days of how are each other's trigger points um, of ideas, but also momentum. So yeah, I'm move from the reflection and go on to what's happening. Um, so we need an agenda always when we're together. <laughs> like the brain explosions have been real. Anyway, yes. My yeah, name. and I yes. think uh, on that point, we are a little bit um, hyper-scattered right now whilst being dialed and focused on some very actionable things because there's so much going on um, that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, you know, what has been for me uh, since we last spoke, Sarah, I... Yeah, I just finished, well, I did, I went to the start line of that race in Fiji, uh, which was titled the world's toughest race. It was a 700 kilometre adventure race throughout Fiji. Uh, It was hosted by Bear Grylls and I really can't give much away because I've signed an NDA, but (laughs) it's airing as a 10-part series on Amazon Prime, maybe in April, I think will be released. And it, it was just what I can say it was a really challenging experience. It was our uh, teams of four 
really had no idea of what was going to happen to them over the duration of those 700 kilometres. We were unaware of um, what would be the format of the race, what would be the disciplines that we would be covering, when and if we would get any recovery time, um, what the route would be like, what would be expected of us and how we would cope in that process and what would even be the end goal. Um, the only goal for me was to to finish. Uh, I can't even tell you if that actually happened. (laughs) But there was a lot of trepidation in... Uh, my individual ability, the team's ability. uh, And I've got to say that captured six months of my entire life last year. Mm. Um, From the moment that I decided that I wanted to do it, when I saw the promo video online on Facebook pretty much a year ago um, to like the intensive process of the application process to get a spot um, to take on that race. Mm. Um, 60 teams around the world were accepted. Uh, and then just it was the most logistical thing I've ever done. Like I've done a bunch of adventure races. I've done, you know, many um, long distance expeditions. Uh, but that was just so specific in a certain degree of um, skills that we needed to have, which I'd never done before. Like we had to have a lot of experience in climbing had to get certified. I mean, I'm scared of height, so it was a you know, terrifying experience to get certified. And I will tell you the actual part of the race that had the climbing was... <laughs> Very teary on Samantha's part of that, yeah, it if was, I recall. <laughs> yeah, there was the camera in my face because I knew I was scared of heights. Um, so, you know, how we had to learn how to white water rafting, had to have grade two certification and all the gear was very, very specific. So it was like a full-time operation. Mm. And I did the race with my partner. Um, which was amazing husband. to share. Oh, yeah, and our husband. <laughs> um, That's a common theme with all of us. I know. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Guys, our lives are sinking. Yeah, there was <laughs> a lot of... period? Because like... Yeah, yeah anyway. not yet. Probably soon. Me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of... Um, it was so great to be able to share that experience with Mark. I think I shared with you on the last podcast that I think a, a typical mistake that I've made in my past life relationships is I have... I've very much pursued big life-changing experiences on my own Uh, and I think it's completely fine to do that but sometimes it can create a divergence between you and your your partner. Um, So when there's those opportunities to intercept, Mm -hmm. um, it's – it adds a whole different dimension of challenge but it also is like incredibly unifying. Mm -hmm. So we bonded through – putting ourselves in an experience where we had no idea what it would look like. Mm. Um, so that that was, yeah, a big part of last year. And then obviously, mm. like, when I got back from that race, I was like, okay, I have, like, two and a half months to prepare a wedding now. <laughs> um, and I, like Lisa, you know, I'm a corporate speaker and – uh, 2019 for me marked also, like, my biggest speaking year um, times three. Yeah. And so I really feel like I came into my own of knowing – what I really want to share from my experiences and how that connects with corporate audiences around Australia but also overseas. So, you know, kind of coming from a background of a lawyer to an endurance athlete to a corporate presenter and knowing how all of those things kind of connect together Mm -hmm. and particularly when I speak a lot about how do you create social impact with the things that you're good at and what Mm -hmm. is your purpose, Mm -hmm. Um, which again, I think Lisa and I overlap on on that. Our our why, I'm sorry, our why is quite similar. Our Mm -hmm. how is very different. Mm -hmm. And so our themes are really kind of, there's a lot of synergies between those. Mm -hmm. I think I, I look at you. Sorry, I look at you sitting next to me. I'm like, look at this little pocket rocket. I'm like, 
I, I'm sure I'm built like this. I'm sure I can run like seven hundred. <laughs> and I will say to you, like, watch this face. <laughs> I, I truly believe that any body type can take on challenges such as I have done. You know, running across mm. India. You know, um, seven hundred kilometers across um, Fiji. My partner's six foot three, mm. weighs is double the size of me in 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 weight. And we just took part in the same race. And there was moments where his body type was of service to him mm. and to the team uh, and where I was possibly being a little bit more of a hindrance. But then it completely like swapped in another moment. And I kept saying like my biggest takeaway from that race is if I was on my own in Fiji trying to master all those different disciplines from whitewater rafting to climbing to um kayaking to kamikaze like there were so many mm. I couldn't my capacities as an individual would have been capped pretty early on but I was able to access um the skill set and support of my team which kind of like took me to new heights of what mm. I was capable of mm. and I was just like oh and that you know you want to be in a great team to be able to do that because your vulnerabilities are incredibly exposed mm. um but now I feel like the depths of my potential has kind of like expanded a little bit because I've just been exposed to something that I've never done before. I think one of the things yeah. that you guys both know that I've been just in this like last week finishing off the CZA book, the first draft, and mm. it's involved so much reflection on the things that have worked well, the things that haven't worked well and why and how I can take those lessons into a new decade and reflecting on the people around me and my experiences and being able to be in the presence of people like you guys and what that's done. Mm. The biggest reflection has been everything we've just talked about and then had the chance this week to do for a really good cause, which is looking at our individual sets of skills. I feel like I'm Liam Neeson on Taken. I have a unique set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> but it's looking that often we feel like, particularly because you guys are successful on such a big scale, it can be intimidating. But what I have learned is that it's actually the reverse because what you are good at is not necessarily everything you do. What you are good at is using your unique skills and harnessing them with people in your village who fill those gaps for you to make big impact. Yeah. Yeah. And the strongest skill of all of those is a new beginning. Mm. In the face of fear, discomfort, the unknown, the uncertain, uncertain about your own potential, uncertain about where it's going to go, particularly as we've done, like exploding these huge bushfire relief efforts that you guys didn't know you were going to be able to cope with, mm. you just start. And you have taught me to just start because I've been exposed to things that I'm not good at or that I haven't done before, which is new beginnings. Mm. So I thought today something that would be really useful to talk about for people both in the context of knowing what the, how they can help your relief efforts, but also just how they can start their year with a, an ability to take your strengths and translate them to their own new starts. Firstly, you don't have to have any particular skills or ingredients. You guys do things that you're incredibly skilled at, but you also put your hand up for things that you've never done before. You continue to do that, and I think that's why you keep growing. Tell us about your process for making a new start and why you are so much more able than the average person through practice to just get something off the ground. And in that, in the context of what you guys have been doing, yeah. because I think a practical mm -hmm. example is the best way to learn and watching the way that you've both just gone in a, in a moment of cognitive dissonance, looking at your feeds, being uncomfortable with the lack of action that you're able to take, you've just gone, I'm going to take action. Mm -hmm. And that's what distinguishes you, I think, is not necessarily your special skills or magical anything, even though I think you're incredibly <laughs> magical. It's that you begin yeah. and you don't think twice about it. So mm. whatever your process has been in just starting both of what you've done. 
I think that's good because I want to preface that without the context of talking about um, our actions because of the the bushfire crisis, I probably couldn't have just answered that for you Mm. because it's only through like a very recent, you know, um, situation that that I've now started to distill a little bit of the process behind it. A hundred percent. You can, we can reverse engineer it because we're in it (laughs) and we're like, well, what just happened Mm. over the last four Mm. days to enable us to do that? Which is why I thought, even though we're so unprepared for doing a podcast (laughs) and we've done no planning and usually Mm. they're very structured and thought out. I was just like, people have like seen how you guys have progressed in the journey in such a raw way. Like you've posted every stage. They've Mm. literally seen your first post, which were like, I know what I'm doing, but like, let's do this and watched Mm. it grow. Mm. So it's such a great case study for taking action. Do you want me to start? Do you want to start? I'll go and then you feed in. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> Agenda. Agenda. Bullet points. <laughs> it took us like three hours to decide what we're going to eat for dinner on the first day. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 Some good the, the, starts we're good at. Some yeah. others we're not. That's important. Sorry, yes, Sammy. Let me say so. that because um, <laughs> mm, it's great. that is really important because it's something we've all identified is um, that we are really good at big like solving big things very fast and coming up with very strategic thinking and actionable plans. When it comes to minutia and detail, we're horrendous at it. And I've mm. been saying that ad nauseum about myself for the last seven years or longer in every on every platform conceivable. But it was interesting <laughs> that the three of us went together are paralyzed, like, do we eat spinach or do we eat pizza? Like, what do we eat for dinner? <laughs> yeah, or both, do we go end. out or do we stay in? <laughs> mm. Or, like, we cannot make those decisions. Yet it's like, oh, should we take on the entire country's, like, whatever? Yeah, let's do it. Like, it's, it's interesting, the thinking. Mm. And I often talk about people understanding, are you a really – big level strategic visionary or are you a very detail orientated intake detail orientated <laughs> implementer and the universe the world needs both, both. Mm. and it's just about identifying which you are and then hiring or supplementing your weaknesses and yeah. I think that is such important messaging mm. um I love and need desperately the detail orientated implementers and a lot of them are scared to step in or fearful or wouldn't want to step into what we're doing anyway back to you Sammy. no I, it's so true like it's been quite amusing to to watch us find food oh. <laughs> <laughs> unprecedented in its inefficiency yeah. <laughs> and i think for me like it's actually quite hysterical but we have found food and i did cook and you did cook you did cook but that was only after a long process of like i'll cook yeah what are you gonna cook i don't know i'm easy no okay so we'll go out no what should we get well what are you gonna cook oh well no no it's easier for just get take i think we are um you know you're making so much um strategic decisions on what you Mm. think is very very critical and then you sometimes abandon abandon the importance of a a bit of self-care yeah so you're you're a little bit careless in that nature because it doesn't see it as high magnitude and that is a little that's a cause for concern for us to be aware of mm. that the, the smaller detail which often reflects to our own like yeah sustenance we're not as good on so yes which yeah. is like the whole we were just talking about it before the whole put your oxygen mask on first because then you're able to help others before you actually pass out mm. similar thing like we were working eight hours in a row the first day without eating we didn't eat lunch and then mm. made so many spelling mistakes and oh. Oh, Full word mistakes yeah. about the name and domain of the actual initiative that we directed people to. <laughs> so, Sammy, True. tell us about. 
Yeah, so towards the... I'm like, what's it called? Relief I know. Run, run, run. Uh, relief, run, <laughs> relief Run. Which we've both made. Oh, gosh. It's my name too. <laughs> okay, so towards the end of last week when um, I think there was critical state of, you know, bushfires all across the country, I was plugged into the TV um, in, a, in a way that I'm not normally plugged to the TV mm. and, and to my phone. We, it was on constantly in the background and not only was the magnitude of the, the, the bushfire crisis like incredibly overwhelming and paralysing in even the fear that it was creating for me, despite the fact that I was geographically removed from like mm. the crisis, mm. um, I was also very uncomfortable with the degree of criticism and outrage that I was watching on social media and also on the TV. It got to a point where I just came to this aha moment where I was like okay well what are my options because I can't I can't stay in this state of paralysis and being overwhelmed and being uncomfortable and my options were okay so can I just purely donate can I make a financial contribution or a physical donation and I'm like yep I can totally do that Mm -hmm. but then the next thing was like okay do I have something that I can do that's potentially a little bit bigger that could connect um, my community um, utilizing certain skill sets that I that I might have and that was pretty much at that. And the first thing that came into my head very, very quickly is what if I um, put on a virtual run and a virtual run means that people can run a certain distance uh, anywhere, anytime. And I thought, why not host it over the weekend of the 18th and 19th of January, um, which was two weeks away from when I first thought about it. So that was the loose idea. Uh, my next step was, okay, there's a lot of things that I lack to be able to put that together. Mm. So I was like, okay, what's the critical thing that I need? And I'm like, well, if it's a virtual run, I need a website. Um, And I need someone who has technical capabilities because I I don't have that at all. And so Sarah's, your husband, Nick Davidson, uh, he's been my creative um, partner in the majority of projects, um, social impact projects that I've put on um, in my I guess my running career. And so he's like my go-to person when it comes to technical capabilities. Uh, and Nick was like, yeah, it sounds possible. And in the early stages, I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'm a global run ambassador of Lululemon. I was like, what if I get them on board to provide shirts to those who participate? Um, and I said to Nick, give me 24 hours to see if I can actually you know, develop that um, opportunity. And if we can make that part work, let's do it. Because it's interesting, sometimes when you have an idea you want to make sure that you've got some pieces of credibility together that can um, that can make it more feasible for people to want to get on board for it as opposed to just a really loose idea. Um, so within like five hours, I'm like, yep, this can be credible enough. I wrote to Nick, we're going to make this happen. And really over the next 24 hours, um, Nick went into website creation mode and I went into, you know, copy, meaning like website copy um, of like what was like, turning a raw idea into a workable blueprint um, and just kind of like we put the pull the website together, maybe 75%. I thought I need to promote this run in advance to the website going live with the, with the raw idea. And so I just got in my backyard um, with my son, Harry, and we filmed a very <laughs> raw, unprofessional video of just like what the issue was, what was our potential initiative that could support that problem um, and that it would go live in a couple of days. 
And I, I put that up and in a very short period of time, it was shared countless times, endless comments. And I just had this feeling we need to go live on this now. And so I wrote to Nick mm -hmm. and I was like, it needs to go live now. And <laughs> within like four hours, he had finished the website. And by 11.30 p.m. that night, it was finished and um, we put it live. I shared it on my website, uh, sorry, on my Instagram handle, thinking, oh, is this a bad time to put it up on yeah, social media? It's 11.30, a high traffic time of day. Yeah, and Nick goes, <laughs> my audience won't connect with it at this time of night. And I'm like, oh, I've got a bunch of, you know, overseas people. Maybe we can get a couple of their donations overnight. I woke up in the morning at 6 a.m. and there had been $9,000 um, that had been funded for, you know, people registering to do the virtual run. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, if this is from the overseas community, mm -hmm. I wonder what will happen with the Australian run community. And like within the next hour and a half, it had jumped up to $16,000. Um, and then all of a sudden it became a, a slightly bigger beast than what we imagined because our initial thought is that 200 people would register. So we're, we're now at a place where close to 3,700 people have registered. We've raised $220,000. We have... It's just extraordinary. But, but let me just say that the, the crux of why this is working is we um, are encouraging individuals to mobilise their own communities in the run and even active you know, space. So it's gone from... We're basically creating a platform now. We're creating the logistical platform for people to engage their own communities, which is why it has mm -hmm. kind of gone, you know slightly I mean can you say it's gone yeah, slightly absolutely viral? Yeah. Gone viral. Yeah. It's people, nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Like, yeah. That's viral. <laughs> yeah it's it's um I think uh, I mean people aren't even referring to Nick and I which is like the best thing because mm. they're referring to the relief run which is supporting the efforts by the Australian Red Cross and people are owning it in their mm. own communities and that's well why I think it's actually kind of worked so well. Um so that's the essence of what we've been doing but I've got to say it's a very nimble team of firstly Nick and myself and then within, you know, 10 hours we have been frantically um, hit with hundreds of emails and DMs and connections and every social platform imaginable. Mm. And, and now we've realised, which we didn't think of to begin with, like we are creating a service. Even mm. though it's a fundraising effort, we're, we're creating a service. We need to respond to that to, you know, keep our credibility, our yeah. trust with our audience and our professionalism. So, Sarah, you came on board because you are a detailed person. <laughs> I am a bit more inclined to be like Lisa and be high level and I need someone like you who can just be like, okay, cool, I'm filling in the gaps, I'm mm. responding to people and you have clarity of mind to be able to properly read through detailed emails that we're getting from people as well as our really great friend and who has been working like 15 hours nonstop on her computer mm. um, responding to every single email inquiry. So doesn't it show you though how much you don't need to know? Like I always say, you don't need to see the whole staircase to take the first step. It's mm -hmm. the first step that's so important and like you'll figure the rest out along the way. In And this is unusual emergency circumstances. Yeah. Some services you can't just deliver a half-hour service. But in most cases, mm. you really do like course correct after you've started. Yeah. There's been many situations within this that I'm kind of happy I didn't know where it was going to because we probably wouldn't have launched for a long time because we would have felt that we needed to be mm. more ready. To make it perfect. To make it perfect. Yeah. And I think in this situation, because we are so nimble and small, we're able to make quick um, alterations to our concept to reflect the demand of other people. So initially we only had a half marathon distance and then we were like, people were going, but I've never walked 
more than a couple of k's like can we just do a shorter distance so we we've offered a five kilometer distance Mm. um we've offered corporate kind of you know community runs um we've now just got a a a simple donation kind of link as well like there there are lots of things that we've changed to to meet with what people are asking us Mm. and i know that not every company can do that as quickly as we are doing it but i actually believe more companies should be far more agile in responding to what is actually happening in front of them right now and to not feel like that rules and regulations or certain processes need to be so locked in. Mm. Sammy, absolutely extraordinary effort. I'm sure you never imagined it would get to a quarter of a million in a few days. I can't even imagine. We've got two weeks to go. Guys, the runs are amazing. We will put all the links in the show notes to make sure that you can be part of it. Start your own community run. There'll be lots more our resources, links, calls to action um, as we progress through the episode. But I also just want to cover what Lisa has been doing up here. Uh, in the days before we arrived, we had already booked this trip. It's just so strange that the universe brought us all together to be mm. working on it together. But um, Lisa had been plugging away already at mobilizing the nation in her own way in the most extraordinary, dramatic, helicopters flying in kind of way. <laughs> um, again, from a small start, that was just underthought. And just she just took action, um, and I would love you to to talk through your own process again of getting something that turned out to be enormous, just off the ground. Yeah, so I'm going to try and um, and I think what you, what we just sort of said about reverse engineering it because we're right in it is probably one of the single most important messages than we that we can all um, impart at the moment, quite separate to you know what we're doing around the bushfire appeal. And for me, because I think so many people out there are like. Um, you know, when I'm doing my speaking gigs or in real time across social media, they're always like, what's my purpose? What's my why? How do I find it? How do I tap into it? And I so often say, like, feel something that you're pissed off about or that's making you angry or frustrated or you feel powerless over. And so if I go back to six days ago, it was Friday night, which is like whatever the hell that day is now. I've lost like all, I mean, I literally got engaged and then like woke up the next morning and was like this. But um, I keep saying our girls weekend. I'm like, I think it's Wednesday. I don't know. I just just love because like with Lisa, it's like you looked at, you looked at and you realize, oh my gosh, the bushfires. Oh my gosh. So similar (laughs) to what Sammy just said, this is what happened to me. And it is interesting, as you just said, Sarah, that like, I mean, I think it's perfectly imperfect and universally like it's meant to be that Mm. we're together in this time because it's all happened in our own separate ways, but in parallel. So I was sitting here again and I never watch the news because a bit like seizing my yay, I always want to be like, positive and I just don't want to be brought down by it I'd rather take action but I did watch the news on Friday night and I saw this increased number of like photos being shared across social media and everything was dramatic and devastating and there was no action being taken as I could see it and so I got on this rant and I was like what can we do and what's really interesting and real and I think everyone needs to listen to this get that like whatever it is that you're doing at the time. And I said to my fiancé, Stephen, okay, we've got this holiday house here. Like, let's just get it to someone. Like, there are homeless people out there. Like, their homes have burnt down. We can offer it. And so that was such a simple idea. And so, boom, that went up. And then I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Now, that's like nothing. That's going to help like four families or something. 
So, feel like Sammy going, what's my skill set? Stephen owns a, um, a food tech company. So, our immediate thing was, okay, food. We're tapped into like lots of restaurants, lots of partners. And this is where the idea started. So, I was like, okay, who needs our help right now? We can get through our connections, I'm sure. And by the way, it's evolved so much since then. But that was how the initial ideation came up about what can we do to immediately help. Now, food isn't my bag at all it's his um but that's where it started and so I literally googled far out who helps with food and I found Food Bank Australia like within I'm going to call it five minutes and I um I then went onto their Instagram and I realized they were following me so I quickly sent them I was like wow these people follow me so I went onto their Instagram DM'd them and said hey how can I help they came back and said oh my god we're big fans. Um, can you talk with Brianna, the CEO, the national CEO of Food Bank, tomorrow morning? I said, absolutely, here's my mobile number. So by 10 a.m. the next morning, I'm talking to Brianna, the CEO of Food Bank, and I'm saying, what can I do? How can I help? And she very quickly gave me some very actionable items. So I just thought, interestingly, in that, um, let's call it 10-hour period or whatever it was, and you did similar when you were in the back garden with Harry. Both of us did this. You made an announcement. And I always say to people, step into something before you're ready. Mm. And if you publicly make an announcement mm. about something what you about what you're gonna do, it's almost a way of keeping ourselves accountable. Yeah. You so I jumped twice. Oh, getting the shit. Yeah, I, just- <laughs> I jumped on Instagram twice that night, Friday night, and I, in real time to keep myself accountable, I think one of them was like, I'm pissed off. I want to take action. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And this was before I'd even reached out to Food Bank. I was like, I'm going to do this. And then the next day I was like, right, I've got a meeting with Food Bank. Like I (laughs) had no idea where that would go, but by the very action of me saying, and this can be anyone listening to this, just decide on A, what's, you know, what's deep, like what's burning in your belly at the time bad thing at the moment but what's what are you feeling that you can change or that's annoying you number one number two say it publicly so that mm. you're accountable and other people are kind of I think it brings this universal energy where people start rooting for you before you even know what you're going to do and then I got on the phone to Brianna and then Brianna's like right this is what we need and I just so remember at this point I know nothing about fires I know nothing about food I know nothing about you know emergency relief but what I did do was like, I'm, I can be a conduit. If I can take what are the items you need and express that in a really simple way to my community who are all like desperate, they're all saying this is a tragedy, but no one's taking action. And so I just started making IGTVs, which has become the word of the week, IGTV. <laughs> IGTV. And I literally was like, right, they need, you know, these kind of toiletries. They need these non-perishable food items. They need ring pools. And I was very specific. And then I was very specific about what are the drop-off points and the times. And what happened next, <laughs> I've never seen in my life. Mm. Suddenly, I was literally calling for, right, what do you need? Refrigerated trucks. I literally had 15 refrigerated trucks within like a matter of hours. People were offering me helicopters. Food Bank was sending me lines of cars, like at Food Bank Victoria, which was open on the, sun, on the Sunday they had fifty on the Sunday they had fifteen hundred cars. Oh and I don't think a lot of people had 
really been supporting them before and then Megan Gail was following my story since she started mm. um, sharing and then Natalie Ann um, who has a hair salon in Sydney was like I can open my hair salon we filled three trucks out of her hair salon in um, in Croydon in Sydney and then I was like this seems to be working and so it was just the next logical step so then I was like right food bank seems to be under control who else can I go out to like wires and um, I found something called the rescue collective now I think what we've both said is like I have no skill sets I mean at least you have a skill set in running but you're not actually running in this you're just working out what's the thing I can do what community can I mobilize and I literally started asking these people in very quick ways you know they're all super busy what items do you need? What's your drop-off point? When are you open? And then I just kept taking this information out to the community. And I truly believe that every single person wants to belong. Every single person wants to give back. A lot of people won't necessarily take that initiative, but if you actually give them this is what you can do, mm. people are extraordinary. And mm. the imagery I've seen, like Deb Hutton, like in tears in her car driving out to Croydon to drop things off and I was like and then she tagged me and and then she um showed me what was going on out there in her videos and I was like oh my gosh we're making a difference and so that is like the most extraordinary sense of being able to do something and I think you know today I feel like deliriously tired but it keeps <laughs> us going because it's like wow we're really making a difference and I mean, I think the three of us could also talk about like, you know, I think there's a duality in everything. There's mm. like the extraordinary thing that we've all been able to mobilize in our own ways. But also with that and that speed to market and scale mm. comes like logistical, <laughs> logistical issues that are unforeseen. But also things that I think it would be fair to say um, have been tricky. And so what I would urge people to do is like um, – you find ways to step into your purpose and mobilize people and do good and take action, but also use your initiative. Yeah. I think what we've all experienced is suddenly people have identified us as leaders or like taking charge or whatever it is, but like then people are like, I've got 20 soap bars, where can I put them? And I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not the person for <laughs> just, that. Just Google it. <laughs> I'm giving you very actionable yeah, items. Yeah, I've given yeah. you step by step, this is what you can do. And Sammy, I think you're experiencing in different ways and it's like that's beautiful but also all I've been doing is googling and finding where to do things so it's like also be led but also then start to take initiative and I think a lot of that comes from people um, still not feeling good enough or that they don't mm. have the ability to step up or that they they are not a leader and I would say any one of you listening to this has the same ability if you really feel into it to do what we've done I mean we may have some skill sets I don't really have any in particular I'm just good at like bringing people together and mm. um I guess helping with mindset and mobilizing things and I'm I'm very quick to see an uh, see see a problem and I'm very lateral in my thinking about what the solutions are so yeah and I wanted to steal two things that have come out of that conversation just then and from my mm. experiences the, the first thing is I for you I see um, the positivity in your willingness to um, share with your audience in real time mm. um, the whatever is going through your mind <laughs> very raw very raw <laughs> yeah, but and also, as Sammy would 
say often very haggard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. I mean, I, we're, we've been... She says sitting here in her underwear. Yeah. <laughs> we've both been comfortable in just sharing um, the questions that we have, the the current problems that we're exploring um, and because of that a lot of people are filling in the gaps with that mm. uh, I think there is a beauty in a sm- you know a, a certain beauty in naivety that you actually have asks that probably are you we have no realization how big those asks are mm. but people want to be a part of something and mm. if it that is in their domain of possibility if they're in their scope of reach mm. if you've put it out there they, they might be able to come to it so for an example with us is I just reached out to Strava and said, oh, so we've created a website that is taking donations. We haven't yet worked out how we're going to record people's actual runs in this the, the virtual space. Mm. Um, and because we made that ask and because it had been plugged out so much through social media, you know, they were like, okay, well, what we can provide with you is a Strava challenge. Mm. I had no understanding um, the financial um, contribution, contribution that actually is mm. um, but if you don't make the ask and you don't empower someone to be able to you know offer mm. um, then you never know what's going to happen and I think the same with you like when you when you put it on your page does anyone have a helicopter <laughs> yeah, I was just like I was wow. just like I was like Oh, and it's almost, you know, when you remove some time, you're like, okay, that seems ridiculous. But if someone has a helicopter and they're feeling paralyzed too with not knowing what to do. And where to put it yeah, or like where what to direct it to. You're offering someone an opportunity. and that, So that's the first thing. But the, mm. the second thing that's quite important is trust. Mm-hmm. So if a couple of days before I even said the virtual run, I put a post up going, this is really, I hadn't said anything about the bushfires. Of course I was aware of it. Of course mm. I was being affected by it, mm. but I didn't know what to say. And it got to a point where I was like, I need to say something. Um, but I, And so I just wrote, hey, I have been overwhelmed by this. This is what's happening. I, I'm putting together an idea. Um, let me reach back to you at some point. And it took me two days before I promoted that first video about what actually we were doing. Mm. Now, I'm very for putting out that you are going to do something it's only going to work um, within your community if they trust that if you say something, you are going to deliver on it. Mm, mm. And I think that's really important that we don't just declare, I'm going to, I'm going to do something if you're not a follow-through person. Oh, and yeah. I think that's, Very true. Yeah, that's a really critical thing that you want to develop, you know, mm. whether it's for, for you know, the bushfire relief or moving into your own career as an entrepreneur or your space in um, a professional business, you know, um, you know arena – Trust is critical in order for people to get behind what you're mm. doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, and basically, we're doing the yucky job. I won't, I won't <laughs> lie. We're responding to like countless mm. emails. Um, what's one of the really amazing breakthroughs that, we, that we've been able to do um, is that Sarah and Nick had a con- uh, contact at Stripe, which is our financial platform where we're taking in all the funds for the registration. Now, we committed to 100% of the $50 um, registration fee that people are placing to do the virtual run is going to go to the Australian Red Cross. When Nick and I thought it was just going to be a small 200-person, <laughs> you know, reg- rego, we were like, okay, we'll just fill the financial <laughs> gap between, you know, the administration fee that Stripe take. Uh, when all of a sudden that registration fee... It's like nearly 10 grand now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had committed to that, so that's what we were going to do. But then, you know, Sarah was like, okay, let's reach out to them and they are now covering that. So now literally 100% of what you put down 
is going to go to the Red Cross, not, you know, 99% and then we're going to cover that 1%. And distilling what I, we sometimes feel helpless when we feel like our skill set doesn't match what Celeste Barber's doing or what other people oh, are doing mm. and then feel like, well, I'm not going to do anything because I can't contribute in some way. Mm. But then what we've all been able to identify is that our unique set of skills, oh my God, taken, our unique <laughs> sets of skills can always be applied towards something. It can always have a big impact. It's just that you haven't necessarily interpreted the impact that it can have yet. And let's not lie, we ourselves many times have said, oh, well, you know, like we're not doing what Celeste Barber's done. Like Mm. the three of us have said that. Mm. And then we have to catch ourselves going, no, we're doing the best that we can do. And you just both, I mean, it is about complete removal of ego. And I truly believe that, you know, you put stuff in and things come back in so many other ways. I mean, the gratification that we're all getting from what we're doing is extraordinary. And, you know, things evolve. And what you were just saying, Sammy, about like infrastructure, I mean, Stephen and my I just remembered our very initial idea was, you know, we know restaurateurs, let's get a truck and drive like, you know, 50,000 bread rolls to somewhere. <laughs> and then we were like, oh, God, like, really? <laughs> we don't know anything about that. And also, probably that was a bit, if I think about it, a bit ego, like, let's go in mm, and take yeah. our bread rolls. And then I was like, <laughs> you know, really? I don't want bread rolls. Then I was like, really? And that's when I was like, Google Food Bank, wow, these yes. guys have got the infrastructure, they know how to do the logistics, they've got the right platform, they've got everything set up. So whilst I can't necessarily see the immediate impact mm, of mm. what I and the whole community that have been rallying behind what you know, my social medias and stuff are doing, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that we're just having this massive impact because the guys at Food Bank are sending mm. me daily, hourly videos and things going, this is what's happening and we're yeah. overwhelmed and this is how many trucks have gone out and this is what's happening. Who cares whether I've managed to bring 15 trucks or 100? I don't even know what we've done now. But yeah, we asked it's... you the other day, how many trucks went in? You're like, oh, I don't know who provided them. Like someone. <laughs> and it's good for We got them in. That's that yeah. question of constantly just checking yourself and going, okay, where's this coming from? Where's this motivation? Where's yeah. this idea coming from? And like, we all have to do it. It's important in our process of analyzing our actions to make sure that it's trying to land in the in the right spot with the intention that you are going to be comfortable with Mm. not just now but in the days to follow Mm. and I might just add in around um, either crisis management or longer term business or life I think it's and we talked about it a bit yesterday it's really important like let's take this situation we all went hard for let's call it three or four days and then all of us were like whoa let's recalibrate let's work out what's the next best iteration of this what's the best use of our time what are the roadblocks um what are the limitations what are the logistical nightmares and then actually just stop even if it was for an hour and go okay and for me personally now I'm like um you know I'm feeling pretty burnt out on day five it's like well how much can I keep going at that level Mm -hmm. and is there a next best iteration now that I've been able to jump in and Mm -hmm. you know handle some crisis stuff and you mobilize my community to like get this stuff out to where it's needed um and how can I now stop and go okay, what's the best use to like revisit my bigger purpose, which is about inspiration and education and helping people to live their best lives and what's the next best way to do that whilst continuing to help this initial relief. But Mm. how can we all strap in for the long term, not only for the people affected by the bushfires, but also like, you know, 
the bigger communities at large. Mm. And I think that's also really important. Don't get so caught up in the immediacy of something that actually it just becomes a big entangled web of nothing because you start to run around in circles. Mm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Helen from my team was just over before and we were looking at my DMs and there's well over a thousand now. Like we were answering everything for the first four days. Well, I was doing it all myself for the first three. She jumped in on day four. Today we can't do it. Like I just, we just mm. cannot get to that logistically and it's not the best use of my time anymore because a lot of it is just like, yay, go you, so proud, high five. I'm like, She's amazing, thank you and it, amazing yeah. and huge and so appreciative but also I need to like strap in and go, What's mm. what can I do best now? Can I respond to a thousand beautiful, heartfelt, incredible, gorgeous messages or mm. can I actually go top level, what are the big things that Food Bank and Wires and Red Cross or RFS, what do they need now? Mm. And, and you're dealing with that well by doing your IGTVs. Oh, gosh, we need another word, some yeah. word for that. <laughs> Long form content. <laughs> well, we had so many of them. We were like, we've got to calm down. So It was I getting think ridiculous. Was a, I'm just going to make another IGTV. And why the podcast is good because I was like, we have so much to talk about. I, I can't yeah. do IGTVs all the time. Well, yeah. and I think that the reason I think that really <laughs> came about is because we are getting a lot of excitement, questions, um, different ideas mm. that we are trying to answer all that stuff mm. in some kind of concise way without kind of like, you know, it's even too hard to go and copy and paste different kind mm. of like responses. It's actually just quicker to write it every single time. Mm. But, you know, you've probably written a very similar response a thousand times now to people. Mm. You know, if you have been on our socials and you've been getting frustrated by the IGTVs, know that that's where it's come from, you know, a way to try and like, Consolidate, consolidate and like get yeah. everything together. They will die down. Die down. Mm. So my unique skill set of like collating and doing the admin was that I just um, made a web page for on the Sprinkle mm. Zero site that has all the links that we need to copy and paste all of the time for Food Bank, Relief Run, Strava, Red Cross, Wildlife Sanctuary, all of those things in one spot so that we can just copy and paste the link mm. and then produce the admin. That's my contribution for today. <laughs> and then she's going to get into my DMs. <laughs> and then I'm going to get into your DMs. I've really? already had Lisa's year, like we've been, had, you know, you are one not. or two minutes I, to like mind map things. I am now going to protect the detailed <laughs> person <laughs> and tell you, you are not going to go No, actually what we're going to do straight after this is we are going to, I think it's important, maybe we talk about this quickly yeah, remove so ourselves into another physical location mm. to work on something else do you want to talk about why we're doing that because you get yeah. so mm. yeah so I just want to quickly say before we move on that <laughs> I think one of the difficult things for people who aren't immediately affected by the bushfires has been to honor and uh, live and appreciate the, the life that they do have that's outside of that disaster and the way they're contributing. Uh, and even with us, we haven't really had that much else going on because we've been mm. here. Mm. But even the small things that have been going on, all the big things like your engagement, you haven't really been able I keep to honor. Forgetting I'm engaged, I know. Which is awful. And we are both just newly married and so excited to like go through locations mm. and dresses and all that stuff. But there has been a lot of life that's been pushed to the side. And I think a lot of guilt around posting mm. or talking much about anything that isn't that but there is a 2020 and a future ahead that will involve the longer term aid and assistance that we can provide but also other things that are going on in our lives and I think it is important to acknowledge that 
like there are areas that aren't so heavily affected of our lives that, that we're going to be continuing on with. And one thing we all are passionate about outside of this particular um, tragedy is empowering people in other areas, which is mm. why the messages kind of distill so well into what mm. we all oh, care I mean, about anyway. Yeah, I mean, we talk about like, you know, personal like transformation and you know what human potential like Mm. the depths of where it can really go and like how do our minds impact the reach of that Mm. um it's very exciting like fortuitously to be in a space with the two of you um to be able to think oh my goodness like we've been doing so much of this stuff on our own and we have so many different um our exposure to varied experiences have now put us into a place that if we can actually work on some things together and, mm. and do some really engaging, exciting work um, if we have a good plan <laughs> to be able to kind of pull that together. So other mm. new 2020 beginnings um, outside of the bushfire relief that we wanted to talk about, even though we've already talked the whole of an episode, which is amazing. Just quickly before we finish, I would love you guys to have to have some parting words on where we think this will go, what what it actually is that we want to do, what you guys individually, the new beginnings <laughs> that you want to have for your year. Um, and again, like some of the messages and learnings or reiterations of les- lessons that you'd already had that have come to you at, in our time here because I think sometimes putting yourself in a mel- melting pot with people who are like-minded is exactly where the best ideas come. Mm. We've had some incredible ideas that I want to talk to you guys about. And one of the biggest things that I'll just kick us off with is that we are big ideas people we get nothing done when we don't distill it down to specific things, which yep. is exactly what you both were talking about. Mm. You had to make a specific run with a specific donation with a specific link. Lisa had to make specific lists with a specific organisation mm. and specific mm. links to that. And we have Necessary. had this idea floating around for three days that we've had no time to work on because we haven't made a change of office. We've literally sat in the one spot. So yeah. that's where Lisa wanted to to pick up. Yeah, so I think um, it's funny. We've, I mean, you two have been in each other's well, since you went to uni together forever and ever, and we've been swimming around each other's spheres for quite some time. But, you know, I think things happen for a reason and timing is perfect, imperfectly perfect, really, mm. as we all said. And I do think that sometimes we have to make very conscious decisions, which we're about to do after we finish this, <laughs> about taking that time when we're all energetically charged and passionate and wanting to change the world to go and actually sit and give ourselves some time and space to formulate that. Otherwise, it's very easy, as so many of us know, whether it's, you know, we go and see Sammy speak or me speak or whatever, and people in the room are like, yeah, let's do this. And then they go away and action never happens. And so for the three of us, I think it's really important that while we're in the same physical space, Mm. And we're working so hard on that external piece, helping other people, that we actually bring that back to us and our individual and collective missions, purposes, visions, and go, how can we formulate the next iteration of that? And I think it's funny because stuff that I've been thinking about, writing about, you know, working on probably for like the last seven years, (laughs) like, you know, some (laughs) kind of um, app or education platform or, you know, something, and often you know being stronger together and kind of going well why not do this together why Mm. not create something together like we are so aligned and as Sammy said before our um our why is very similar but our um, delivery mechanisms or our how and our stories are very different but collectively we can create something extraordinary so I guess for people listening 
watch this space because this is our IGTV where we commit. (laughs) Yeah, this is our IGTV where we commit because (laughs) why? Because why not? You know, I mean, I'm all about um, creating extraordinary content and you know being very vulnerable and raw and real, and then sharing the lessons learned so that other people can go, oh, she's just like me. She doesn't really have it together either, but I share it all in real time, whether it be a book or an IGTV or a a speaking gig or, you know, I've always said the delivery mechanism is largely irrelevant. And so I'm really, really, really excited Mm. about what we can do together, Mm. the three of us. And I think, you know, it's been proven the last few days, again, that the power of our, you know, collective communities, and I'm sure there's a little bit of crossover, but, you know, mm-hmm. the power that we've been able to have together to reach out. So why not continue that? So Yeah, I guess my call out then is as we are in the early phases of developing some... Read our one. <laughs> yeah, some content together. If there are certain things that will oh, interest yes. you yes. to receive from the three of us together uh, in whatever form, whatever, whatever, mm. please like shoot it through to Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> and, could be events, and, apps, yeah. like certain topics, certain topics. topics. Tell us length. If you've got specific wants, be specific because then that helps us translate it into yeah. something specific. Like if you want length, if you want visual, if you want audio, if you want written, you whatever want in it person, is. you want digital. Yeah, we're prolific, as you could tell. So it's mm. not, and it, and it will happen fast. Yeah, so you'll get Sa- it without a two year lead time. And Sammy and I are like, yeah, send it to Sarah. Yeah. We'll, make it, we'll make it happen. We'll do all the big thinking, but she. I'll make a spreadsheet. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, what's cool for us is you know. We're either newly engaged, just married, just married. That's mm. that I went down the line realizing this is not a podcast. <laughs> um, so obviously Lisa's just engaged, Sarah oh, yeah, and I have just got married. Um, and our we do like to bring our partners, you know, involved in our big projects too. Yeah. And you know what we're thinking is actually kind of utilizing a bunch of their skill sets as well. So mm. this is for me. This is. Very exciting, and they don't even know that they're involved. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, gonna love that. <laughs> this is exactly. It's the done. Done is better than perfect. Like yeah. we haven't even mm. asked them yet, but we're just committing them to it because it's like, well, you know, I'd rather apologize after than, mm. yeah. <laughs> and we, we'll course correct later and ask them. Yeah, so we've got yeah. like an app developer who's a very, very heavyweight entrepreneur in in the um, in the space of starting businesses. We have an ex SAS commander slash consultant slash Wharton MBA graduate, slash now public speaker, and a creative agent, slash ex-international athlete, slash all the different things. I mean, mean, we talk about our communities, but like our immediate community are pretty useful. I am. This made me feel so proud to have those men as our men. Shout out to our our men. men. (laughs) I mean, do you know what? Whilst I have, you know, come to Byron with you guys, and initially it was for a holiday, um, and obviously it's translated into something a lot more actionable, (laughs) but... You know, Mark's at home looking after Harry. And it was no, like, hesitation in allowing me that space Mm. to even have a holiday. And now he's even just more proud that I'm actually been working on something else. And he even said to me today, if you need to stay for longer, like, I totally understand. And I'm just like, oh, you are such... I mean, Mm. like, that is should how it be, but it's also, like, beautiful. And we should acknowledge that Mm. we have that kind of support to do these things as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm forced even because... (laughs) I made an IGTV saying Stephen could do the food stuff, so he's got a new 
crude app. He's the most humble I, mm-hmm. guy I know, and it's called Me and You. And um, I said, they're going to like, I said, it's like a beacon <laughs> in every restaurant. And I was like, well, we're going to donate stuff from every beacon. And I announced this on the <laughs> IGTV, which then proceeded to be watched by like 36,000 people. And I'm like, you better make this happen now. And not understanding the technical like implications. And so he then had to put his whole tech team on to, oh my God, my fiance has gone mad. Can you please build it? <laughs> Someone stop her. <laughs> and his staff were literally texting him going, wow, that's so great. We're giving back all this stuff. And he's like, oh, my God, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So you know yeah. that my signature feeling, I always say people will never remember what you said or what you did. They will always remember how you made them feel. These two make me feel uplifted, supported, inspired, reassured, excited for the future. And all of you have made us all feel it's been so heartwarming and uh, just really moving to see the nation go through such a terrible tragedy with so many suffering, but then for that to not be cancelled out in any way, but for it to be countered with such warmth and generosity and Mm. selflessness in the face of that. And I think something that is still important, even though it sounds childish and it sometimes sounds trivial is that yay is still a really important thing for everyone to be able to walk away with a feeling of uplift an uplifting feeling or an excited feeling for Mm. for the future so if you were to leave everyone today with one message of yay or potential excitement for the year ahead in in light of the bushfires or in anything else that you're doing in your life what would it be because i usually finish with a quote but i think a little dose of Mm. yay would be equally impactful oh my thing is start now and to have awareness for those who are in your community and to see how you can potentially work together um, how you can leverage that skill set and make it even just that next step but at the crux of it start now Mm. don't feel like you know you always say don't wait to be perfect before you actually get going you have the capabilities of learning on the fly, making amendments. People mm. don't care about you changing like, and, mm. and, and pivoting along the way anymore. Mm. And mm. to add to that just quickly, Samantha is one of the only people who knows the perfectionist personality I have come from mm. and how you can truly change your outlook if someone like Samantha comes and shakes you every time you get bogged <laughs> down in perfectionism because I came from that space mm. and it's taken a lot of work to, to get rid of that thinking, but you can completely change your approach to things if you're willing to open your mind to it. Yeah, and my yay, because I think it's really important and I mentioned before that on Christmas Eve, my fiancé Stephen and I nerded out on what's really important to us individually and as couples this year that is beyond work and we got very clear on family and friends and also and travel and life stuff but when I say that we didn't just get we got very specific and talking about Mm. actionable items we actually wrote down this we were like okay on the um, fourth Sunday of every month we're going to have he's got an Italian family we're going to open our home and have a big like feeding fest for everyone and just know that every fourth Sunday of the month as long as we're in town you're all welcome to come into our home. And then we said on the second Friday night of every month, we're going to have a dinner party for 16 for our friends and oh. for people. And this is important. I mean, we love, I love cooking and I, big numbers are my speciality. <laughs> so I was like, friends and family are really important to us. And last year we let them fall by the wayside a little mm. bit because we got so busy 
And so much of our yay is bringing people into our home and into mm. our sacred space. So thank you for you two being here for now. And that was like, that way when we meet people, you know, sometimes you meet people in business meetings, you're like, God, I just love you, but you have an hour with them and then yeah. we all get busy and you never see them again. So part of that dinner for 16 is like, gathering new friends along the way and being like hey come to our next dinner party so we've set up very specific yay things that are really important mm. to us to support us in our business so that we can step into a very big iteration of what work work in inverted commas or purpose is for us in our lives so oh, I yeah. love oh that I might yeah. steal some of those ideas I, I know I'm so them. glad we're recording yeah. this I'm like, I, I only listen went to it over and over I only went through the friends and family but we've done like lots of mm. other not negotiables for mm. us around things like that to make sure that we um we actually step into that and stay accountable to that Oh my gosh, that's so good. Perfect note to end on. That was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you, beautiful women, so much for the episode, the past few days, the lifetime of wisdom that you've shared and made me into who I am. I appreciate you both. I'm sure you can see why these women have had such a big impact on my life and direction and also how important it is to spend time with people who bring out different parts of you. As I mentioned, I've collated a page with all the links we've referred to, so please refer to the episode notes to find it. We would love you to join us in the relief run. And if you're in Melbourne, we're running at 10 a.m. on the 18th of January and 5 p.m. on the 19th of January at Albert Park Lake, which is a five-kilometer track. So you can do the five-kilometer option or keep going to do four and a bit laps to do the 21.1k half marathon. I'd also like to add that a regular partner in Yay, who you've heard from before, The Body Shop Australia, has shared relief run widely and the North American headquarters has just committed to matching the registration fees of all their employees who enter. Huge thank you to all the businesses like Body Shop who are doing their bit and supporting the run or any other initiatives out there that they've been supporting. The business community really has rallied around the cause and it's so wonderful. The links page also has information on where you can help out with physical donations or support for wildlife. So please do help out wherever you can. Apologies again for any sleep deprivation related bumbling or technical errors in anything that we said. Hopefully it was still of some value even though we pulled it together in the most ad hoc of circumstances. Remember, as all of us always say, done is better than perfect. I hope amidst all the chaos, you can still see some yay as we head into a bright new decade.